0: Hey, welcome to Tote Talks. My name is Samantha Ullum and I am the Light Art Rep for the Midwest region. I am here with Mark, the Director of Innovation and Research from MA Architects. Mark, would you like to give a little snippet about yourself?
1: Sure. So, uh, I like Sam said, I am the Director of Innovation and Research for MA Architects. We are a multi- multidisciplinary firm here in Columbus, Ohio. and. I started off as a designer, uh, graduating from Virginia Tech with a design degree and then moving to Columbus in 2004. And I've worked at a plethora of different firms, uh, landing at MA back in 2008. And then, uh, nope, that was wrong, 2012.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um,
1: and then uh, basically just have worked my way up through uh, workplace design, multifamily, um, just always having a love and a passion for uh, learning and research, and mm-hmm. then that just has evolved into my current role now as the Director of Innovation and Research.
0: That's awesome. So interesting. I had no idea you went to Virginia Tech. That's, that's mm-hmm.
1: awesome. Hokey through and through.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: That's why I'm loving these orange right, We're very on chairs. brand
0: yep. in the tote lounge. Yep. Um, that's great. Do you have some people that you can kind of think of offhand that inspired you to kind of go down the path to get you where you are now?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so what I would say is that I mean, if we had the time, I could probably talk about each of my individual bosses, but I think from the very get go, I've had mentors and bosses who have acted as people who um, want to support me and Mm -hmm. they want to see me thrive. And so like my current boss is Carrie uh, Boyd. She was just named uh, managing principal at MA Architects, um, uh, transitioning from the design director role. And she just basically when I, she interviewed me said you know there are going to be days where you're going to be doing design there may be days you're working on a site plan there may be days you're working on an exterior elevation and it's just going to all roll into one and then like i said as my career started to evolve she's definitely helped me to um push the boundaries and helped give me goals um so carrie boy definitely um and then uh, rebecca Matheny is a professor at osu here and so she and i just have a very much of a love of like learning and research too and so she and I had a conversation about four or five years ago about research that really started to spur me into this direction. Yeah. Um, and then Royce Epstein, who's the director of design at Mohawk. Uh, she, I was fortunate enough to go uh, with the Mohawk rep at the time to see her at a Mohawk uh, future workplace design uh, seminar and there were trend forecasters there and futurists there. And so that just kind of, again, spurred me onto this whole wanting to incorporate more research and uh, foresight into the practice.
0: That's so fascinating. Like what I think about, you know, being a student and like going through the education process and doing, you know, you're going to your studio classes, you're doing all that never in a million years, would I think what I would be sitting where I'm sitting, let alone the path that you kind of built for yourself. Um, What's kind of one thing as, you know, you look back on your years as a student that you kind of wish you would have known or, uh would have had like the foresight to kind of tell yourself as a student, like, this is what's possible.
1: Well, so I think the, the, as a student, we all have these big dreams. And so I think you definitely want to make sure that you hold on to those dreams and document those dreams, because I'm a firm believer of if you don't write the goals down, they're not going to happen. Sure. Um, but what I would probably tell myself now is that uh, there's a quote from um, President Roosevelt that uh comparison is a thief of all joy mm-hmm. and i feel like our industry is very comparison heavy sure we absolutely. are just like social media and that we are looking at all of these things that are out there that have filters and they're nuanced and they're so focused in on the tight little detail that we work ourselves into a frenzy i think to try to capture that and try to be that versus just yeah. allowing ourselves to enjoy the process absolutely. and to enjoy The creations that we come up with yeah so i think it's just if i were to tell students these days i'd say enjoy what you do love what you do don't do it to try to compare yourself to other people
0: for sure and honestly it's so hard like that's such a hard place to be at and i feel like even more in this pandemic i feel like that has become so much more of the forefront and especially for a lot of us too that our lives weren't really digitally held before then at least i can pretty confidently say i didn't use instagram as like a tool to like get new clients Uh, until now, um, which is it's both fun, but it's also that reality of it's so manicured and it's so strategic on like what we see. Um, Speaking of COVID, I feel like we should at least (laughs) like not just completely gloss over that we've been in a global pandemic for over for a year. Um, How have you kind of seen the landscape change? You know, I'm sure it went through its own peaks and valleys. How was your experience during this last year?
1: So my experience was very interesting um, in that when the pandemic hit, so as a, a futurist, I was immediately like, okay, this is this is gonna be good. And then I immediately felt bad about that because I you know, don't think people, I, I did not think a pandemic is good. What I think sure. is good about it is that it, it provides an opportunity for change. Yeah. And so we call that an inflection point in history where we're basically going to something completely different mm-hmm. that we've ever been to before. So the, an easy one to think about is when we went from Using horses as our main means of transportation to having cars—that sure. was an inflection point that changed human history. And yeah. so I feel like this is another one of those um, inflection points that provides us opportunities. And so as soon as it happened, I said, "People are going to want to know what's coming next." Yeah. So we sat down at MA and said, "Okay, let's come up with just our forecasts and our predictions." And we came up with an entire presentation that we gave over to that we gave to over. 600 people mm-hmm. to try to just give them some ideas. We talked about behavioral changes. We talked about space changes. Yeah. Um, so that was fun and exciting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my uh, coworker, Sam, she's the director of communication, said, why don't we start a podcast too amidst all of this that. and uh, be able to share the innovations and insights that are happening. So we try to do a lot of things that were positively yeah. focused. Um, and so for me, for the pandemic, Working at home was great. You know, it was a good break. It was a good way Mm -hmm. to kind of like reset priorities. Sure. Um, Definitely focusing a lot more on running and getting outside. Mm -hmm. uh, And, but also then, like I said, prioritizing what's important. So making sure that I have the good work-life balance. Um, So it's been fun and interesting to try to study, you know, what's coming next and looking at the uh, indications of what happened in past pandemics and what it might mean for our future. Um, And getting to educate our clients on that because I think the clients are still in this very questioning stage of like, sure. what is the right direction? And so just being able to help them understand human behaviors and guide them towards a solution. So it's just, it's been fun and exciting while also um, very sober and uh, trying to yeah. um, support one another and support the community too.
0: I feel like I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was a
1: lot. I just kind of.
0: <laughs> no, but I loved it. Um, I feel like, okay, first, just with all of this, I guess, how did, what was some of the biggest struggles you felt like you were helping your clients work through? Because I feel like that can be very relatable to a lot of people. I have my own that like, I feel like I worked through or with the customers I was working with worked through. What were some of the ones that you kind of saw most frequently and what was some of the good guidance and advice you had kind of moving them through that?
1: So I think if we think about this in terms of workplace design,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the big question was, am I shrinking my footprint? Yeah. Is my real estate staying? What do I need to do with that? Yeah. So just talking them through with that, Yes, you're still gonna need space. We are still creatures uh, wanting to be together with each other. We still need that for engagement and for, product, mm-hmm. pro- for productivity purposes too. Sure. Um, you know, so that was the, one of the main questions in terms of, you know, learning and education, like what does that look like? You know, how does distance learning uh, play out, uh, you know, even more so with the technology? What does the future of the corporate campus experience yeah. look like and want to be like? Um, for multifamily, just trying to figure out like how we can make spaces that are more flexible Um, But a lot of the other conversations that were really interesting, and I I was really happy to have, were talking about diversity and inclusion. They were talking about mental wellness that, you know, what was one of the best things that I think has come out of the pandemic is we are all more aware of our mental health and more aware of respecting other people's mental health too. Absolutely. And so it's made our CEOs and the people we're working with Be okay with adding things like so we have a prototypical respite room that we uh, introduced into all of our workplace projects that is designed to calm the central nervous system down from like a panic attack to your normal state of calm in under 30 minutes. And so before the pandemic, we were having these conversations and doing studies on this and research. And a lot of the clients were like, yeah, I get it, but mm, maybe not so much. And now they're like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. Let's put in three, you know, versus just doing one. (laughs)
0: We need one in every corner of the building. Let's do that.
1: Exactly. So um, the evolution of the question has been really great to see it go from just about space to also including, you know, all of those other
0: components. too. Yeah. It's so fascinating, like hearing you kind of say that and it feels like, yeah, you're right. 100% we needed to kind of go from like the evolution of the workplace. I feel like has taken so long But it's gone from like, you know, very factory based to then putting people in these workplaces, but not changing that factory based model. And that's the same way our schools have been working. And in my past life, I worked in education. And so I was like seeing the change happening there. But it's so exciting to feel like it's happening in the workplace and uh, well-being and all of that kind of be the center of let's make everyone happier at work because you're here a lot.
1: Well, and I mean, the other factor of it is that it used to be we would just say, okay, you're in marketing. Mm-hmm. And so this is what you need because you're a marketer. Sure. And now again, you know, the employers are much more aware of that's. There's two parts to employee that we dive into when we're creating their workplace persona. It's okay. Yes. Is this their job? This is their tasks that mm-hmm. they perform, but this is what they need on like their actual basic human behavioral level down yeah. to are they an introvert to an extrovert down to, um, they need more heads- down space because mm-hmm. that's just the way that they work.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to touch on your futurist. Yes. What does that mean, and how how have you applied it not only to your work life, but just life?
1: So I think um, the easiest way to understand it is most designers would probably understand trend forecasting. Sure, where people look at all of the different signals that are things mm-hmm. that are happening, whether it's, a common color palette, whether it's a common texture, whether it's a common mm-hmm. design principle. And then we forecast that out in terms of the saying, okay, that's going to be a trend. Mm-hmm. You know, So you could think about biophilia, which is started as a trend and then become yeah. biophilia principles, which is now part of LEED and part of WELL and all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So those trends impact how we create space and design. Mm-hmm. So as a futurist, what I do is I look at what I call signals and drivers. And so the drivers of the big world, um, factors that are forcing change. Mm -hmm. So that could be climate change is a driver. It could be um, uh, the gig economy is a driver. And then we look for the signal, which are the little um, micro things that happen underneath that are part of that change. So if we're looking at climate change, it would be like, Greta Thunberg, you know, and how we're yeah. seeing a lot more of the younger generations be a part of the sustainable movement. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, you know, um, I think it was GM announced that they're going to all electric cars by uh, 2030, the yeah. AIA 2030 commitment. So those are all signals part of it. So gotcha. I take all of that, plus look at it through the lens of history and say, okay, if all of these things are true, then these are the potential avenues that can come out from that. Okay. And so it's not really a prediction. It's about just saying here, are the forecasting, the potential avenues. Um, And so what we're doing is we're incorporating that foresight into all of our projects now Mm -hmm. so that we can future set our clients so that they can pre-experience their space and their needs from five to 10 years down the road. It's amazing. And then in my own personal life, uh, as my husband would like to say, uh, I can never tell him what's coming down the pike because he says that's an unfair advantage to have. (laughs) And so I, um, from a personal standpoint, it's just, there's a lot of reading that I do and there's a lot of... um, tools that I use to help gather those signals and drivers to make sure that um, I'm just aware of things. And it's just fun to then bring up in conversation with my friends to be like, did you see, like NFTs is the the new signal that I'm looking at right now, 100%. which is non fungible tokens, which is how they sold the first like Twitter and how they are selling wow. like gifts and other things like that. Um, so it's this new bartering system of um, of these uh, digital media.
0: Yeah. Uh, tokens. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like too, that's like such a rabbit hole. You're like, I will be busy for the rest of my life just reading about this because there's got to be so much out there.
1: You have to have a love for it though.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, so kind of, you know, transitioning back to work or even for like, the future student, what is a myth or something you'd like to debunk about maybe even working at a larger firm um, or just kind of about the work life?
1: So um, what I think, you know, a lot of students may come into the the uh, the higher education system have seen, like, have seen HGTV um, sure. or um, some kind of program like that, and yep. I would like to just debunk that that is not, that ship never you happens. You don't use shiplap If somebody every... says shiplap one more time...
0: <laughs> You'll put that on every project? No. Sorry, Joanna. I'm but sure to... you're listening.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing. It has its place, you know, sure. and so you have, that kind of stuff, it just has to be in line with the project and in line with the client. What I Absolutely. want them to understand is that there's a lot of things to it and there's a lot of aspects you can yeah. be as a designer. You can be the technical person mm-hmm. where you're doing drawings and you are so passionate about like how everything fits together. Mm-hmm. That's part of it too, like doing the actual documentation. You can be the renderer or coming up with a concept yeah. uh, perspective that shows the actual vision so that a client can understand it and perceive that. But there's a huge process that um, I think a lot of students might have come into their schooling thinking it's going to be easy. and yeah there's just a lot of work that goes along into it. And the other thing that I would say is that, um, it's not just about picking one of my very first, uh, bosses in Columbus was David Cook at design collective. And he told me, we don't pick things, we select things. Um, and so we select, uh, things that are right for the project and right for the client based off of their needs. And it's not about us. It's not about like what we want to create.
0: too. Uh, Absolutely. Very eloquently said. Thank you. Because I feel like I, I've said something similar, just not as nicely. <laughs> like ugly still sells So just well, keep I figured we're being recorded
1: and, and videoed. So I want to make sure. You're like,
0: I'm going to say it nicely. For so posterity be- <laughs> purposes.
1: Afterwards, we can talk about it.
0: <laughs> exactly. We do push up laugh where it needs to be. It's fine. <laughs> um, when it comes to like the resources you use daily, do you have like a top three resources? What are they and kind of what do they look like? And
1: um, if you have oh more gosh. than three
0: you want to talk about, that's fine too.
1: So for materials, furniture, or just for inspiration, or for... I think
0: all the above. Maybe if you want to tap into a couple of, like, what you use to help with specifying, maybe where you go to to get inspiration for some projects, um, or maybe someone who just you go to for, like, cutting edge of, like, what's next next. Sure.
1: So what I would say is if I'm looking for, like, my signals and trends and my forecast stuff, Mm -hmm. um, I am getting email blasts uh from like Fast Company and from mm-hmm. Wired and from um cultural sources, from art gallery openings, from uh political sites, from all these other things, that's how I'm gathering all of those signals. So yeah. just uh, what I would say as a designer you need to think outside of the design world bubble um, that's yeah. a filter bubble that we get trapped in a lot and we want to make sure we're, we're breaking out of that. Um, for actual inspiration for projects, I use my Instagram account um who I follow are the people that I would be inspired by, but it's yeah. not like interior design magazine, even though they are one of them, <laughs> but it's like creative counsel or craft counsel or sure. like people who are the makers and the doers, just so I can find out what are the other things happening in the world to bring in that perspective. Yeah. Um, one good tool uh, for actual materials is material bank. Um, that sure. a lot of us are using these days, especially with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but what I love about it is being able to search you know, if you go into the design library, that's one thing. You're usually going in there now because you know what you need to find and mm-hmm. you know where to get it from. But if I just wanted to get a bunch of random materials to check out and try out, yeah. that's a good resource for me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Material Bank's huge. And I feel like I we just as a company joined Material Bank, so I'm like just now learning and they are sorcer like sorcery and wizardry is happening. Yes. You get it in like a day. It's crazy. And it's sustainable, too, which I love. Yeah. So great. Um, so we've talked a lot about work. So I wanted to ask, what is something that you do outside of work that kind of keeps your creative juices flowing, that makes you tick from um, a creative person inherently? Because I feel like sometimes that gets lost in this business is that a lot of us that work in the interiors and the building industry are inherent really big creators and we love to be creative. Um, And I feel like everyone has something outside of work that they do that people don't know about.
1: I agree. I think most designers that I know um, have a side hustle of some kind. And I love it. Um, My side hustle is I write. That's
0: amazing. So I
1: have written and published a book, all self-published. It is all about Norse mythology. Um, It's on Amazon right now. And I uh, had used the pandemic to write book too. So (gasps) So I'm in the middle of getting that edited and published right now. So if you want to check it out, it's the Asgardian Exchange. Um, You can search for my name, Mark Bryan, on Amazon and it'll come right up.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, but
1: it's my way to like, so there's no VE process to it other than what the editor <laughs> says. So yes. I get to go full tilt crazy with my ideas. Yes. And then they they pull me back in terms of like, okay, maybe this consistency thing didn't sure. work out the way I thought it would. So let's save that for the future. Or um, your sentence structure doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That to me is an acceptable uh, VE value engineering process for me, versus yes. it being like cut out this whole thing. Right.
0: We're altogether. removing chapters. You're like, well, no. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they need to be there. Yeah. And then I guess um, if you were in my shoes, is there anything else that you would have asked that I might have missed?
1: Oh, Or anything um,
0: great that's out there that you want to make sure the world of building and then whoever else on Spotify finds us needs to know about?
1: You know, I think if we're couching this towards uh, students and young designers, the one thing that I would say is that it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, it's okay to, to mess something up. Yeah. The, the thing that you need to do is you need to learn from it you need to correct it and you also need to own up to it too because I think it's a, it's going to show a judge of your character of if you're able to say, okay, you know what? I made this mistake, but here are the solutions that I've come up with to rectify it. Yeah. Here's how I think we can move going forward versus just sitting and wallowing it. I remember the first time I made a mistake and I thought my world was ending and you know, the, the best thing that I did is I went up to my boss and said, look, here's where I'm at with this right now. Mm-hmm. Here's the reasons why, here's how I got there. Yeah. Help me understand. And again, Finding a mentor and a boss and a te- who is a teacher um, who's willing to teach you is Tears. extremely important because uh, he used it as a teaching moment mm-hmm. versus a critical moment. Absolutely. And that is something that I use now for when I'm working with other junior designers. And I'm like, oh, look, by the way, this is great. Let's also think about like X, Y, and Z because Absolutely. we all learn through the institution of talking to each other and absolutely. we all learn on the job absolutely you know, I mean 100%. that bell curve of knowledge of coming out of college is insane to go through <laughs> yeah. um, but it's it's necessary and it's important and yeah. it will give you a good foundation if you can just have that in your brain and be like you know what I'm human it's okay to make mistakes but we're going to learn from them together
0: yeah and then before we finish up completely what's the podcast that MA has come out with I want to make sure why not yes. plug all thank of the you things?
1: oh my gosh I can't believe I said it so yeah so the podcast is called make it Innovative. Um, where we feature, you know, today and tomorrow's innovations from, you know, now to three, five years ahead uh, as they pertain to like the built environment. Um, but then also cool. we've talked, we've covered mental health. Uh, we love just recorded that. one about the Columbus Fashion Alliance. Um, so, Very cool. And then we're getting ready to do one with um, some of our CSRs, our corporate uh, social responsibility partners, um, to talk about like what, what they are, what their values are. Because I think the other thing that came out of the pandemic is that people are much more aligned with what their values are. And mm-hmm. so we as MA Architects um, firmly believe in giving back and supporting. And so that. those are also some of the guests that we incorporate on our podcast. So we're in season two right now. That's amazing. Um, and have had a lot of tremendous, great feedback. We are downloaded in all of the continents, okay. which is crazy to me. <laughs>
0: oh, my God, that's um, amazing.
1: <laughs> but, it, but it's really great. and. Um, It's just been a good inspiration for ourselves and for our clients. For sure. And I'm
0: assuming it's on Spotify, all all the Uh, things. Spotify,
1: Stitcher, all of the things. Yep. Love it. And if you listen to it already, leave us a review. Leave this podcast a review because it's good to know feedback.
0: A hundred percent. Love some good feedback. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's all we had. Um, Check us out in our next episode. Um, We look forward to talking with you guys again.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Mark.